with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. A Tuesday morning, just past 9 o'clock, Alan Wishart in the host chair as usual, Steve on the board, and it's just a blizzard out there. Oh, no. It's It's slowed down a lot. (laughs) And it was already slow. Uh, First guest is already here. Barb Ramsey, a local artist who has a new show up now at Studio 2880, and I just know I'm going to not pronounce the name correctly, Fantasine? Yep. Close That's enough? Right. Close okay. Enough. Yeah, cool. Now, where does, that, where does that name come from? Um, actually, it's a Greek word. Mm-hmm. Um, it means to present to the mind, but it really has oh. more to do with the way things seem or appear rather than the way they really are. So it's something that exists in your perceptions or... A creation of your imagination, that kind of. So, like phantom. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's probably yeah. one of the roots. One of the. Now it's it's on until the end of the month, I believe. Correct. Yes. Until March twenty yes, eighth. Now, what is the exhibit? Like, I read the thing on the Studio twenty eight eighty website about it, and I'm I can sort of understand what you're doing, but what exactly is fantasy all about? Well, you mean how it's made? Or, or well, yeah, what, what do the works look like and okay. how do you make them? They're large, fine, really fine silk fabric, mm-hmm. um, and they've been eco-dyed to start with. And eco-dyeing, I just use local plants. I go out and want to collect them, leaves okay. and things when yeah. I'm out walking. And then I bundle them into the silk and tie them up really tight with an elastic and then put them into a dye vat for... Um, two to three hours, just wow. simmer it there. Yeah. And um, then some of them I have also put turmeric in the in the dye vat, and then I put them into uh, mm. an indigo vat. So yeah. they're they're um, very much about the natural world. The mm-hmm. nature is re- really embedded right into yeah. these pieces of work. And from the sound of it then, when you finish bundling the plants and putting them in and throwing it into the dye vat, you've got no idea what's going to come out. I haven't. I don't have a clue. Well, I mean, I, I have a vague idea yeah. what's going to happen because I know the process, but I don't know exactly what it's going to look yeah. like. And that's part of what I really enjoyed mm-hmm. um, in my artwork is doing things that are, I don't know, yeah. and then you it's just a nice surprise. Usually, most once in a while, it's like, oh dear, that's yeah. not what I wanted. Yeah, but, it didn't come but out. But most well. of the time, it, it's just amazing. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just nature so is very good. Can you get a lot of different colors from the local plants? Um, not the the plants that grow here in the mm-hmm. northern hemisphere. Mostly, they they give us browns. Sometimes mm-hmm. going to yellow, sometimes mm-hmm. going a little bit to green, um, and you can always shift them a little bit with um, like iron or mm. or. Um, alum or something like that yeah. and that's in the process of making those that's what i do i use metal rusty metal bolts and wrap okay. them up but not yeah. and it acts as a mordant to help the dye stick to the fabric mm-hmm. so um i forget what the so, question was now <laughs> oh, um colors oh colors uh yeah so really it's just browns maybe mm-hmm. some yellows it's like brownie greens and yeah. things here but there are certainly natural dyes out there that are have a long history of being um, used for for dyeing, yeah. including uh, cochineal, which are bugs that mm-hmm. come from oh, South America, yes. madder root, which it comes from some kind of a bush. I'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly what. Um, and then indigo, of course, which has a very yeah, long very history. Very long history. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the one that millennia ago was very expensive. 
Yes. yes. Well, so was Coach Neil and Matter in its day. Yes. There were days. There was mm. times way back in history <laughs> when they were worth their their uh, weight in gold. Yes. <laughs> now, how long have you been using this technique with silk and plants? Is this uh, something you just started recently, or have you done this for a while? I've done it for a while. I started mm-hmm. it in about 2016, maybe. Okay. So a few years. I started out just doing eco dyeing, mm-hmm. and then I've added the the turmeric and the, yeah. the indigo and things more recently. Yeah. So was this something you read about from somebody else, or was it something where you just thought, I wonder what would happen if I did this? Well, I'd heard about it, mm-hmm. because um, it is fairly popular right now. I mean, I think the art world is kind of moving towards more sustainable kinds of practices and more environmentally friendly practices. So I'd heard about it. I did Mm -hmm. take a one-week course at Halliburton in Ontario. They run a summer school. Right. And so I learned the basics of how to to do eco-dyeing there. Mm -hmm. And then I've taken it and done what I want to do with it. (laughs) Is it one of those things, like, have have you done other art forms before? Um, actually, I yes, I mm. when I retired from physio, I went back to school and did my bachelor of fine arts. Oh, okay. So I yeah, so I had to do you know drawing, yep. painting, mm-hmm. and printmaking. Uh, I I really enjoy printmaking as well, and I and I think it's the same thing when you pick up the corner of that paper after it's run through the press, you don't know what yeah. you're going to get. I like Is that. Is it extent. working? Did it work? Yeah, it worked. But Yay. I like I like that uh, yeah. the unknown. Yeah. So with the. Um, Works are in fantasine. You were saying you took a one week course. Is that sort of where you said, okay, I don't want to know anything more because I want to just work with what I know and let myself figure things out from there? Oh. Probably partly. I, I mean, when I went back to school, I've, I've worked with textiles all my life. Mm. I, I, you know, as a little girl, I learned to sew so, and yeah. embroider and all the rest. So I've always loved working with, with fabrics. And then the art program I took, they were very open to including textiles into that program. Mm-hmm. So I gradually started to introduce over the four years. That, well, it took me five years. I did it part time. <laughs> but um, so the yeah, so the fabric has always been a yeah. big part of what I did. And I, I think I wanted to do. I wanted to take the basic process and. Mm. Like yeah, find out where I could it could take me, and I think that's mm-hmm. something I learned by taking that art program. Yeah, yeah. Because then, rather than giving you okay, here's everything there is to know about fantasy about this silk work, right? And you're kind of stuck then with just following step A, step B, step C, da da. Right. You can sign to say, okay, I know what step A and step B are. I'm going to try something different in step C. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And the the. Profs at the program I took were very much into mm. that kind of philosophy. Yeah. They always said they wanted you to find your own voice. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah. It was part of that. So are there times when you pick up plants maybe that you haven't used before where you're pleasantly surprised by how they turn out? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that was a bit of an element here because I moved here mm. from Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The, the plants are, there are some different plants oh, yeah. here than we have down there. I still use lots of maples and oaks and mm-hmm. things because even though they're not indigenous to here, they are in people's, people have them planted oh, yeah. and they they do such a nice job. Yes. But uh, like mountain ash and things like that, I've only tried them since I came wow. here. Yeah. So the first time that you tried, like the first time you tried mountain ash, 
was there even a little bit more, shall we say, trepidation as you um, waited to see what was going to happen? Or did you have a fairly good idea of what you were going to get? Oh, no, I didn't really know what I was going to get. But mm. it doesn't so much matter with this process because I put a whole bunch of different plants into oh, each okay, thing. Right, so yeah. if it, something doesn't work out well, okay, yeah. something else has. Mm-hmm. It's a little different than like our pioneers would, people, oh. they would have collected all one plant, made a dye bath, and dyed everything the same color. Yes. And people who are doing natural dyeing of wool and things still do that. Mm-hmm. But I've got so many things in there. Something's going to go. Something's going to come out. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, there's a question <laughs> I quite frequently ask artists, and I can't really ask it to you, because like when I'm dealing with somebody who's, say, a painter or a sculptor, I say, okay, well, when you're working on something, how do you know it's done? Well, in your case, when you pull it out of the vat, it's done. <laughs> Well, unless I want to put it into another dye bat or oh, something, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's okay. uh, pretty much the yeah. So, do you do that very often, where you take it out of the first dye vat, and is it a question then of you sort of look at it and you say it needs something more, and so then you do another dye vat or? Well, I think that's why I started using indigo. I wanted to introduce mm. some more other colors. I have to admit, there's pieces I've done that I don't like, and I have the thought has crossed my mind that I might try mm-hmm. maybe something else like matter or cochineal yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, to, I mean, at this point, I don't like it to begin with. What can I do? <laughs> but I spoil it, right? <laughs> yeah. So now, where do you get the materials from? Do you do a lot of walking in the area, and that's where you pick things up, or do you go out on specific? plant hunting expeditions oh i just usually when i'm going out for a walk or a hike mm-hmm. i'm sure my neighbors must think i'm a little strange always coming home with a bunch of plants <laughs> in my hand but, uh. especially when they're going okay some of those i recognize as being almost like weed why is she <laughs> taking them home <laughs> yep <laughs> so when you're picking the plants do you do you pick them on the basis of color or anything or do you know what the plants are when you're picking them well I try to be conscious of what might be in the area that's not very good to pick that might, mm. you know, yeah. cause me skin irritation mm-hmm. and things like that. Yes. Um, but I can't remember what the question was now. Um, if you always oh, the know color. For, yes. Yes. Color. Um, actually, it's interesting because you don't, the color I get will not necessarily be the color oh. of the plant. Like if I have a maple leaf that's red, yeah. it won't, I won't get a red dye from no. that. Because it's not the color; it's the tannins and the the okay. mostly the tannins in yeah. the plants that give you the color. Yeah. So. So that makes it even more of a surprise when you. Uh, <laughs> well, I know I won't get red out of. Yeah, and you know you won't get red, red, but you're not sure what am I going to get this time. Yeah. Yeah. Now you were saying a lot of times you bundle different plants together. Are again there? Are you always trying different combinations? Yeah, I just do it very spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Whatever's there, I kind of set out. And yeah. I mean, I, I guess I've learned a little bit of a system that I like, mm-hmm. but I'm not opposed to putting any, anything in. Yeah. 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 So that means that quite literally all of your works are one of a kind. Yep. Because the, the, you <laughs> can sure. never, even if you put the same plants in, oh, you're not going to get the same effect. Yeah, it won't look the same. No. Wow. So that must be kind of nice at times. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that. No now, is this, is this the first time you've had an exhibit at Studio 2880? It is. Okay. Yes. yes. Is it your first solo show, period? Uh, well, we had to have, do a solo show at our in our right. program yeah. to graduate. Yeah. But other than that, it's always been uh, group shows, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So what was it like? So did you 
did you work with the staff over there on setting up the exhibit, or did you let them do it, saying they're the experts? Yeah, I, I worked with Christine. She okay. she asked if I could come in because it's quite different to install fabric yeah. than it is just to install paintings or something like yeah. that. So, yeah, so I did help her. Okay. And as you were going, <coughs> were you did the amount of space you have there surprise you one way or the other? Like, were you thinking, oh, I thought I would have more space. I don't even have have my stuff up. Or, oh, my goodness, I need more things. Um, well, I've got enough material, like, of these eco-dyed mm-hmm. products around that I could do a bigger space. But yeah. I also had been into the, the gallery, mm. the gift shop before. Yeah. So I, I knew what the space looked like. Okay. Yeah. So now all of your pieces, are they all basically the same size then? Like, did you always work with the same size of silk? Um, I started out working with smaller pieces okay. or long, thin pieces, yeah. and uh, they've kind of grown. So okay. all the ones on this or, um, show are they're about 30, 36 by 54 okay. or something like yeah. that. I, I have done a bunch of shell, awesome. uh, yeah. scarves and things, though, mm-hmm. too. So there's some scarves. Okay. There. And now I haven't been over to see it yet because I think it had just opened, what, last week? Yes. Yeah. Last um, Wednesday. Yeah. Is it all Tuesday. on the walls, or have you got some stuff that's sort of hanging in the open so people can see it from all sides? Uh, these ones I hung on the wall because mm-hmm. there's, there's some areas that are quite light and have some very fine details in mm-hmm. them. Like, you get the... Because it's been so tied up so tight and, and heated, the wrinkles are crushed right, in, yeah. right in, <laughs> into it, so it gives a background. And then there's small areas where the dye has picked up little bits around some of these cre- cre- uh, creases, and Sometimes you kind of think, well, is that a little flower or a little uh, water in, um, um, insect yeah. or a plant or, or something? So, um, and it gives those layers. And so I had them install these ones on the wall. Okay. I have installed some that didn't have so much detail in them mm. um, hanging from the wall. Yeah. And they're kind of neat because it moves with yes. people walking by or yeah, furnace cutting in yeah. or whatever. Mm. Yeah. So, But these particular ones I had put on the wall. Okay. Barb Ranzi, Fantazine. We are assuming we're pronouncing it fairly close. It's close. Okay. <laughs> At Studio 2080 until March 28th. Thank yes. you very much for coming in and talking about uh, your art technique and everything. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. Take a quick break and be back with more after nine. Tune in to Modern Jazz Today. A weekly show that focuses on today's jazz improvisers and creators, cutting their teeth and cutting the edge of sound. Join us as we explore what's new, what's groundbreaking, and where it's happening. Right here and only here on Modern Jazz Today. Monday nights at 7 here on 93.1 CFIS FM. You ready? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one. Le rendez-vous la francophonie is on now! Celebrate Le rendez-vous 25th anniversary with us. Join us on rvf.ca. Does Deb's Cafe and Specialty Bakery offer baking for diabetics? Yes. 
cheesecake, carrot cake, blueberry pie, brownies, and more. The cheesecake and carrot cake each have four net carbs per slice. Blueberry pie has five, and the brownie has just three net carbs. Do these specialty baked goods taste good? People love them. What else would you like to say to our diabetic listeners? Come to Deb's Cafe and Specialty Bakery next to Pharmasave on 7th at Quebec. Forecast from Environment Canada, a mix of sun and cloud today, a 40% chance of flurries. Wind from the north at 20 starting near noon, a high of minus 3 with a wind chill this morning to minus 15. Tonight, partly cloudy, a 40% chance of flurries. North winds becoming light this evening, a low of minus 10 with a wind chill to minus 15. A mix of sun and clouds for Wednesday, wind becoming northeast 20 gusting to 40 in the morning, a high of minus 3 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 9. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Back with, uh, well, okay, I've got to make this joke right off the top. Daryl Wellsman is my next guest, and we're just going to be making some small talk. Sounds good to me. Yeah, because he is with Mid-Vintner Minis. I got it right first try. Absolutely. I don't know if I'll get it right any other time. Now, what is Midvintner Minis? Uh, Midvintner Minis is a 3D printing company that uh, I started back when I made wine for a living. Therefore, okay. the Vintner. <laughs> okay, yeah. And the play on words. Um, I started out... Um, with both resin and FDM machines just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And after seeing some success with it at um, FanCon, Northern FanCon, yeah. uh, I have gradually started making it more and more of a business. And at this point, it's pretty much my full-time job. Wow. And now you brought one with you. I won't even try to describe to people what it looks like. <laughs> this it's, one's one of the FDM ones. It's okay. a little bit tougher. It mm-hmm. makes for a fun fidget toy for yeah. uh, kids or people who need things on their desk to entertain them. Yeah. Uh, and without giving away too much, I'll just say I don't think those are the natural colors or whatever that is. Well, actually, it is wow. uh, the natural colors. This is made out of PLA, which is a cornstarch-based plastic. Okay. And the type of reel that I used for this is a uh, silk rainbow ru- mm. uh, spool okay. made out of recycled strands of uh waste filament, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, in order to get this rainbow color. So every 50 grams of material, it's a different color. Wow. (laughs) Uh, The reason that it has so many color shifts is because I did a plate with a bunch of them on. It's Mm -hmm. not actually, like, that much weight. Um, But, uh, yeah, these are uh, one of the things that sell fairly well at the farmer's market. I have a number of different animals that have these kinds of joints. Yeah. And they actually print in place like that. There's no assembly on it. Wow. Because the pattern goes from bottom to top, and the loops can print vertically around themselves. (laughs) So, minis, miniatures... When most people think of that, I think they're thinking, like, gaming. Whether that, it's war gaming, fantasy gaming, whatever. That Real is time. actually yeah. the majority of my product, yes. Yes. Uh, most of the time I use mine for playing Pathfinder or mm. other tabletop RPGs. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of my customers, they're looking for really nice representations of their player characters, either mm-hmm. at like a scale for tactical map or, uh, less mini minis yes. where they like the whole statuette. Yeah. So they can have it sitting next to them at the table and go, this is me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, it's kind of cool because it's a multi-layered 
hobby mm-hmm. working with miniatures because oh. there's the uh, modeling part of it, mm-hmm. there is the painting part of it, and then, of course, there is the gaming part of it as well. And being able to provide people what they need for their hobby on multiple levels mm-hmm. is kind of my goal going forward and, well, going backwards to an extent <laughs> as well. <laughs> so somebody brings a mini to you and they say, I want this painted. Do they usually have a very good idea in their mind already of exactly what colors they want where, or do they leave a little bit of that up to you? Um, as far as that goes, most of the time I am printing and painting minis for uh, people, yeah. or I'm printing them, and then people can come to one of my painting events, right. and hopefully in the future my physical location, to uh, paint along with me, paint it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um... I haven't actually taken people's outside minis okay. in order to paint them very right. often. Usually I'm painting the ones that I produce before handing it off to the customer. As far as uh, how much of an idea that they have, I tend to like to work with my customers mm-hmm. on that quite a bit. Uh, talk them through what I think will look good. Talk them through what they want for the character. Yeah. Um, and work it out that way. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes... Uh, that will just lead to people coming to the painting events that I run mm-hmm. and painting it themselves with help from all the good people who show up to that. Now, beautiful tie-in here. You're talking about painting events. You have one tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Yes. 6 to 10 at the Art Space uh, Books and Company. Yeah. And it's a $15 drop-in. It comes mm-hmm. with a miniature of your choice uh, from the theme this month. We've been doing polls on Facebook for the theme, and mm-hmm. this month is... Wormlings and baby baby dragons, baby monsters. So we've got uh, nice small figures that work really well for familiars or just yeah. for like cute desk de- desk decorations. And I bring a variety of paints for people to try out to those events. So I'm going to take a wild guess. Okay, I don't know. I I I very many years ago I used to do some role playing every once in a while. Uh, I still follow things like Critical Role oh, on nice. Twitch. Yes. Um, I'm thinking, you were saying wormlings and like baby dragons, so I'm thinking we're not talking real bright colors here, probably, are we? Uh, it really depends. There's a number of different types of dragons in different mm, settings. Yes. Uh, you can go for the chromatic ones or for the, um, metallic ones. Mm. Um, and there's also all sorts of different ones, especially going into Pathfinder where you're working with, uh, Oh, let's see. Imperial dragons, primal dragons, <laughs> crystal dragons, yes. all sorts of things uh, throughout, uh, throughout different source books. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of fun going through bestiaries and looking for uh, <laughs> inspiration for things that fit some kind of canon, but not necessarily what you would expect. No. And are a lot of your miniatures that you create, are a lot of them almost like they would fit into almost any, like say you created like a dragon of some sort? Would it fit into almost any role-playing game then? Or I don't think role-playing games are really that specific usually, are they, in terms of the actual Well, no. Although I do have to say, uh, don't give me too, too much credit mm. on the designs. I do uh, have merchant licenses for several mm. really talented sculptors online yeah. whose uh, designs I'm using in my company. Okay. Uh, Dragon Trapper's Lodge is a major one of mm-hmm. mine, and they're where most of these Wormling designs are coming from. Uh, I also carry Epic Miniatures um, 
Fates End Dice Towers, which is actually mm. Dice Towers as opposed to the things, yeah. uh, and Witch Song Miniatures. So there's a few different creators here who sculpt way, way, way more in a month than <laughs> I ever could with yeah. my somewhat rudimentary <laughs> talents for sculpting. <laughs> uh, to be honest, my personal sculpting uh, works a lot better for either kit bashing existing designs together mm. or uh, occasionally taking designs for functional things okay. and uh, slapping them together so that they'll fit something. Mm-hmm. Um, although, again, the focus, I think, is mostly on carrying these designs from the sculptors that I really like out mm-hmm. there as there's a lot of material that I think uh, is really, oh. really nice for people's hobby there. Yeah. Okay, Daryl, we're going to take a quick break. When you come back, we're going to talk some more about miniatures. Sounds after good to me. Nine. On Saturday, March 4th, shortly after 6 p.m., Prince George RCMP attended a business on the 600 block of Quebec Street for the report of a man who told staff he had been stabbed. Police are looking for anyone with video surveillance or dash cam footage which may have caught the suspect coming or going from the area around 1st and Quebec around 6 p.m. March 4th. If you have any information about this or any other criminal offense, please contact the RCMP at 250-561-3300. The City of Prince George Leisure Access Program provides opportunities for residents with limited income to participate in a variety of recreational activities. Leisure Access Program participants receive complimentary swimming or skating admissions, discount on lessons and free transit for children 12 and under, accompanied by an adult on weekends. To register or for more information, search for the Leisure Access Program on the Permits and Applications page under City Services at PrinceGeorge.ca. Contribute your skills and voice to make the Elder Citizens Recreation Center a great place to be. The ECRA's Board of Directors election and annual general meeting is set for March 28th. Positions on the board are President, two vice presidents, secretary, treasurer, and three two-year directors. Join the board to work with the team or just come out to show your support and vote. The ECRA AGM, 1 o'clock Tuesday, March 28th at the Elder Citizens Recreation Center on 10th between Vancouver and Winnipeg. The Spruce Capital Senior Center is busy with activity Monday through Thursday. Take part in cribbage, carpet bowling, and tai chi on Mondays, yoga and bridge on Tuesdays, canasta Tuesdays and Thursdays, tops and bingo Wednesdays, and special events throughout the month. For more information, call the Spruce Capital Seniors at 250-563-6450 or stop by between 10 and 2 Monday through Thursday. Stay active with the Spruce Capital Senior Center across from Rainbow Park at the corner of Rainbow Drive and Liard Drive. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Daryl, just quickly, when people come to the Mid-Vintner Minis painting time tomorrow at ArtSpace from 6 until 10, is it basically 6 o'clock people start painting, or do you like to do a little bit of an introduction, just make sure that everybody knows what's going on? Uh... At the moment, it kind of varies from person to person. Mm-hmm. When people come with the expectation of an introduction, I go through things with them a lot more than when people come there, bring their own stuff, have the experience. Yeah. In that case, usually I'll just greet them. They'll get started. I'll check in every once in a while, but mm-hmm. leave them largely to their own devices. So do you see a lot of the same people from month to month? Um, there's been a pretty good variety, mm-hmm. actually. Yep. We do have a couple of excellent regulars who mm-hmm. have been uh, 
on the Facebook and on the Discord and uh, painting every single month, oh. giving their pictures of what they painted yeah. to us. Uh, but we see a lot of new faces still. We haven't been running for that long. This is only our fourth month oh, okay. at this point. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing uh, around... 20 to 25 well, people, which I, yeah. yeah, I think that's not bad at all. No. Uh, and we're also seeing people who are saying, oh, well, I have friends mm -hmm. who would be interested. And so going forward, I hope that uh, a lot of those people are excited to see us have more in yeah. the future. If they tell two friends and they tell two friends, that, 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 yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Now, even though the theme this for tomorrow's show is what is it? Wormlings and, dra and little bitty, little bitty baby dragons. If somebody has a couple of pieces they want to paint, and they they just want to come in and they can just be with other people, and they're not that, there's no problem, right? Absolutely no, no. problem. Uh, I actually had uh, one person who is a fellow small business here in town who does chain mail mm. come with his girlfriend. She painted, and uh, he just did a bunch of chain mail, hung out. Uh, chatted with people. Uh, I didn't charge him a drop-in fee because he wasn't using any of the paints, yeah. and uh, it was all right to have him around. It uh, mm -hmm. lends to the positive atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, going forward to when we have our own location mm. in the future, being welcome to that uh, will help us and help our partner business, uh, who will be serving coffee quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because painters go through a lot of coffee, don't they? Uh, from well, my own experience, I can say yes. Yes. Either coffee or wine, depending on ah, which part of the day it is. Okay. <laughs> and if you're doing the wine, you might the next morning look at your piece and go, who came up with that color scheme? Uh, I usually come up with the color scheme in advance. Oh, good. That, I have yeah. my paint bottles all lined up around <laughs> it before the wine starts. The, more, uh, the bigger worry that I think a lot of painters will be um, familiar with with either coffee or wine, is the, uh, which do I dip my brush into? <laughs> Let's not accidentally miss the water and yes. get the thing I want to drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although, I mean, if you figured you had enough coffee, would coffee make, like, a good sort of stain on some pieces? I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, typically speaking, uh, it's actually funny you say that, uh, the term coffee staining yeah. is usually seen as a uh, fault yes. when oh, yeah. you uh, overmix paints. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think coffee would work okay. very well. Mm -hmm. I think it would be one of those things where maybe a YouTube gimmick could... Make it go somewhere. I know I saw one YouTube gimmick who was painting in blood for a gimmick, and that's not a good paint either. No. <laughs> not at all. Well, at least I hope he had a William Donover for the paint. Uh, yeah. I don't know. No. <laughs> so now, you were mentioning earlier in the interview um, Farmer's Market. Absolutely. And, and Northern FanCon. A Farmer's Market so, and yeah. Northern FanCon, yes. So are you over at the Farmer's Market? Like uh, almost every week, or what's happening uh, there? I was almost every week for a while. At the moment, uh, less so. Mm -hmm. um, the indoor season during winter is a lot slower than the outdoor mm -hmm. season. Yes. I think there are a lot of people out there who don't necessarily realize it's there. Yeah. And with uh, what I'm trying to do with the e-commerce, with the Etsy store, mm -hmm. and with the business downtown, I'm going uh, either every other week or mm. in the case of this month I went beginning of the month that'll probably be the same for April okay uh, 
so I will be definitely posting on Facebook uh, when I will be going, and I think during the summer it might be more frequent, depending mm-hmm. on how the physical location is doing. But the farmer's market has definitely been instrumental in terms of getting attention, promoting yes. the business. Uh, in a way, it's kind of weird because I'm a bit different than yes. what's there. So I'm not uh, necessarily getting as many sales, but because mm-hmm. it almost catches people by surprise yeah. and it is something new to them, I get a lot of callbacks. I get a lot of mm-hmm. emails, and uh, that's been absolutely wonderful for the business. Uh, and then going to FanCon, like oh. that's absolutely like my target audience. Yes. And um, Diane, who is the market manager and is now uh, full-time working on events such as FanCon, mm-hmm. has started doing some extra FanCon-affiliated events. Okay. We had a Christmas kiosk and then a Valentine's Day kiosk. And I think going forward into the autumn, we'll see more uh, pop-up events like that at the Roller Dome. Mm. Uh, they've been okay. going yeah. fairly well, I think, so yeah. far. And those, again, are things that you would make sure people know about on Facebook and uh, as much as I can. Yeah. It does take a while, I think, for um, people to catch on to these yeah. sorts of things. Uh, so I think going forward, that'll be something that's sorry, building momentum from what's yeah. already happened. Okay. So now, just going over this one more time: Mid Vintner Minis hosting a painting. Time, I guess, it might be the best. Yeah, word for it. Uh, we have it called the PG Miniature Painting Club. Okay, at the moment, uh, we don't actually have a membership scheme. It is just fifteen dollars mm. drop out, uh, yeah. drop out, drop in drop at in. the moment. Uh, however, we are probably going to have it be on a membership scheme mm. eventually. Yes. once we have our own location and can figure out more where our overhead is. Yeah, and so that's tomorrow. Art space six till ten. And now, if people want more information, Facebook, you're saying, is probably the best place? Uh, yeah, Facebook, okay. uh, email, or alternatively, um, I suppose you could find the same information on Instagram or our website. Yeah, okay. Now, just for people who are looking for you on Facebook, could you just spell Mid Vintner? Uh, absolutely. M I D V I N T N. E-R, minis, M-I-N-I-S. Okay. And that should get you to the right spot. That should get you to the, that's the Gmail, Mm -hmm. that's the Etsy, that's the website, and that's the Facebook. Great. Daryl Walsman, Midvintner, minis, thank you very much for coming in and bringing us up to date. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for having me on the show. No problem. Take a quick break and be back with more after nine. The Aboriginal Sports Circle is hosting a 2023 National Aboriginal Hockey Championship May 7th to 13th in Winnipeg. The BC Team Players Selection Camp is March 31st to April 2nd in Kamloops. U18 and U15 female and male Indigenous players are eligible to try out. Registration and full details are available through the iSpark.com. The 2023 National Aboriginal Hockey Championship Team BC Player Selection Camp March 31st to April 2nd in Kamloops. Registration deadline is March 17th. Learn to photograph the Aurora Borealis during a two-hour workshop with professional landscape photographer Drew Watmau. 
to take part, you'll need your own DSLR or mirrorless format camera, a lens equivalent to 24mm or wider zoom and or kit lens, and a tripod. Registration and full details are available through the Arts North Digital Studio Media page at studio2880.com. That's an Aurora Borealis photography workshop this evening and Friday evening from 6 to 8 at Studio 2880. Entrepreneurs, we want you. All right. Dragon's Den auditions are open now. Are you ready to join the ranks of Canada's best businesses? I will give you a million dollars. Apply now at cbc.ca slash Dragon's Den. Dragon's Den applications for their next season are open until mid-April through cbc.ca slash Dragon's Den. Forecast from Environment Canada, a mix of sun and cloud today, a 40% chance of flurries. Wind from the north at 20 starting near noon, a high of minus 3 with a wind chill this morning to minus 15. Tonight, partly cloudy, a 40% chance of flurries. North winds becoming light this evening, a low of minus 10 with a wind chill to minus 15. A mix of sun and clouds for Wednesday, wind becoming northeast 20 gusting to 40 in the morning, a high of minus 3 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 9. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Now, I was writing up a really good introduction for my next guest, but my mind got caught by a squirrel running by outside. I'm sorry, that was a very bad way to introduce the fact that now joined by Corporal Jennifer Cooper, and we are talking about distracted driving. That's right, yes. So now, I guess, first, what is distracted driving? Like, Is there sort of an official definition for distracted driving? Distracted driving is anything that takes your focus and concentration off the road and paying attention to what's happening to the vehicles you're driving and the vehicles around you. Okay. So that can include, well, obviously talking on the cell phone. Yes. Anything with cell phone usage. Yes. Yeah. Watch, watching a video on the little screen you've got <laughs> in your computer. Yes. And how how often is talking to somebody next to you considered distracted driving? If it changes your driving pattern or okay. behavior. So we've all driven in a car where we're having an animated discussion. Lots of us have kids in the back seat oh. or pets. So if those cause your driving behavior to become a risk to others on the road, then it would classify as distracted okay. driving. So as long as I'm chatting with somebody but I'm just glancing over at them maybe every once in a while. I'm yep. not turning my head 90 degrees to focus on them. Yes. As long as I'm keeping my eyes on the road, even though I'm obviously not concentrating 100% on my driving, but as long as I'm not swerving all over the place. As long as you're I not a danger to yourself or others. Yeah, okay. definitely. Now, how big a problem is distracted driving? I, I guess let's narrow it down in Prince George. Uh, we don't have local numbers. We mm. do know that in the north, though, there are 16 fatalities a oh. year due to distracted driving and specifically cell phone usage. So that's a lot. No. Is there a way to break it down? Like are most of those the distracted driver or a lot of those other people? Those would be ones, these stats come from ICBC, so okay. I'm not sure how they've generated the numbers specifically, yeah. but they do link it back to cell phone usage. Okay. Now, on sort of the list, if you will, of problems that cause incidents... Where does distracted driving rank? Because I know like speed is usually number one. Um, impaired is usually number two. Is distracted driving sneaking up there? Distracted driving is definitely sneaking up. Uh, it's probably a close second for, um, you know, causes oh. of incidents on the road. Yes. Um, because distracted driving isn't specifically cell phone usage, though we... 
that's kind of common. focus on that one yeah. as the most common form of distracted driving. But we see all sorts of things. Uh, your pet in your lap Oof. or your pet leaning forward from the back seat, for mm-hmm. example, can be a, an incredible distraction, especially if they see something and start barking at it or yeah. whatever. Um, eating, doing your makeup, mm. shaving. So- <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it sometimes is amazing the stories you hear about what people are doing while yes. they're driving. Yes, and we've all had it. We've all grabbed the burger from the drive-thru mm-hmm. and we're eating as we go down the road. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, no. but it's when you start, uh, now you're reaching for ketchup or you're reaching for something else. The fries spilled, the Coke mm-hmm. spilled. Now all of these are becoming incidences that are taking away your attention from the road around you. Worst case scenario that you hear about every once in a while, of course, the hot coffee spills. Yes, And usually in a rather bad spot. Yes, <laughs> right right center on your lap, right? Yes. So uh, we do hear about those things. So it's as drivers taking that moment to make sure before we pull away that everything is, you know, within convenient reach if you're going to be reaching for no. something and that it's not going to take, um, you know, extra attention to uh, open it up or or unpackage it or unwrap it or whatever mm-hmm. now is it's obviously then from what you were saying distracted driving is becoming more of a problem over the last few years definitely uh, especially now that we see smart watches around mm-hmm. our phones are capable of doing so much um, from just even if it's in a in a mount like if it's yeah. mounted on your car you can still have stuff playing you know my vehicle shuts off its screen so i can't access a lot oh. of the functions on my vehicle screen right but my cell phone doesn't it doesn't no. care if i'm driving yeah so now if somebody has the cell phone and they've they've made the convert they started the conversation before they started driving and they've got the cell phone in one of those little holders or holders amount yeah 99 percent of the time it's still not great but that probably wouldn't count as distracted driving. As long as you don't have to access the phone with your hands. Yeah. Um, you know, our phones now are really accessible oh. by voice command. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with voice command, getting your phone to do something for mm-hmm. you. Call this person, text that person, as long as, you know, it's a quick and you're not mm-hmm. having to focus on on what you're saying and it's, you know, long and yeah. drawn out. It's just taking your attention away from the road that we really want to make sure people are thinking about when they're driving. And a lot of people do have, like, the GPS screen in their vehicle. Yep. And that would be a distraction if you constantly are looking over to make sure you haven't missed your turn. If you're constantly looking over, if you're able to uh, program it while you're driving, mm-hmm. looking at it, glancing at it briefly to make sure you're, you know, you're coming up at your turn. We all do that. Is it two yeah. streets? Is it three streets? Mm-hmm. How many more streets? Um, that's not inherently wrong, but mm-hmm. trying to program the street in while you're driving. Yes. Right. Uh, or your destination to get it to remap is, yep. is probably, you know, that's no longer considered hands-free operation. No. So. And I guess the other thing with a lot of the GPS systems now is they have voice. Yes. So you've got somebody talking to you saying yeah. in two, you know, in 200 meters, turn left. Yes. Which makes it even less likely that you're going to need to glance at the screen. screen. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the most common things we're seeing right now is people putting their cell phones on speakerphone, but still holding them up. Uh, It it really 
negates the whole hands-free aspect yeah. of distracted driving. So that's something that we're trying to remind people uh, is also considered distracted driving. If you're having to hold the phone, even though now your eyes are forward, yeah. um, it's still there. You know, you're going to maybe hit a button wrong or want to change the volume, whatever. So really making sure that you can either put it on speakerphone. You can have one earbud or headphone in, which okay. I think a lot of people don't realize. Okay. So you cannot have both yes. because you need to be able to hear if an emergency vehicle is approaching mm-hmm. or a change in traffic. Yeah. Um, someone else is screeching tires, for example. Mm-hmm. But you could have one air uh, earbud in right. or a headphone uh, if you don't have bluetooth in your vehicle um, and speakerphone just isn't loud enough for you maybe you know choosing to go that route is is an option for people as opposed to holding the phone up to their face yes yeah it, it, uh, yes it just you just have to do what makes sense yes yeah, do what yeah. makes sense and, and do what will um, make it so that your focus is still on the road in front of you. Yes. I you know I I have a cell phone, but I always just have my pocket when I'm driving. Because right. I figure for me to dig it out of there, it's going to be more trouble than it's worth to start with. But the other thing that I would never do is because I always like to have both hands on the wheel. Oh, okay. Yeah. And distracted driving, I'm thinking a lot of times, you know, you're eating, you're on your cell phone, whatever. You've only got one hand on the wheel, and one that could cause some problems. Yeah. yeah, it does reduce your uh, reaction time. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you have to make an emergency operation, definitely two hands on the <laughs> steering wheel is going to help with that yes. over one. But we're not trying to, you know, ruin everyone's day and say your hands must be at 10 and 2 at all yes. times. Eyes forward. Don't, don't deviate don't from blank. that. We know that's not realistic. No. That's not the message we're trying to get across. The message is when you're making these choices to do something other than um, strictly driving, making sure that you're doing it in a smart fashion. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to be talking to Corporal Cooper about what the RCMP is doing about distracted driving after 9. Prince George City Council is using the alternative approval process to ask electors if they are opposed to the adoption of an equipment financing bylaw for the annual replacement and addition of vehicles and capital equipment at the regular council meeting scheduled for Wednesday, April 12th. The total to be financed through the Municipal Finance Authority is $2.711 million. Opposition to the motion must be submitted using an elector response form available at City Hall and at PrinceGeorge.ca. Submission deadline is 5 p.m. March 30th. The Spruce City Lions Club has a Recycle for Sight collection box at the Seniors Resource Center. Drop off no longer used prescription and non-prescription glasses, sunglasses and readers, even if they're broken. Donated glasses will be cleaned, categorized by prescription, and prepared for distribution to people in developing countries. Used hearing aids are are also being accepted. The Spruce City Lions Club Recycle for Sight Collection Box in the new Seniors Resource Center, 1330 Fifth Avenue. Lunch is on Monday through Thursday at the Spruce Capital Senior Center. Each day features a different soup and sandwich or the occasional pasta or stew dish. Stop by the center to pick up this month's menu schedule, then plan your next lunch date with friends. Note that the center is closed on statutory holidays, including Easter Monday. The Spruce Capital Senior Center, open four days a week, Monday through Thursday, for lunch on Rainbow Drive, across from Rainbow Park at Lierre Drive. 
Your Prince George Spruce Kings are recognizing the contributions and support of you, the fans, with fan appreciation nights for the remainder of the regular season. Adult and senior tickets are just $10, with youth getting in for 5 thanks to Interior Savings Credit Union. Your Spruce Kings' final two home games of the regular season are March 17th and 18th against the Salmon Arm Silverbacks. Single-game tickets for these fan appreciation nights are available online at sprucekings.bc.ca. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So Corporal Cooper, Distracted Driving Campaign, I believe, started last week? It did on the second we launched ours, yes. Yeah. And now, what exactly is the Distracted Driving Campaign? Like, obviously, a lot of it is getting the word out to people about distracted driving. But what are you guys, what's the RCMP doing about distracted drivers? So we partner with ICBC every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, March is their Distracted Driving Awareness Month. So we partner with them and we partner with uh, some other road safety units in town um, to really kind of hammer down on drivers Mm -hmm. who are not uh, making choices to put their cell phones away or to to be distracted while they are driving. Mm -hmm. So uh, usually our campaigns in the last couple of years, we've done kind of what we call the eye in the sky, uh, where we partner with the city of Prince George to use a bucket truck and kind of spot people from high. Yeah, up, yeah. Um, which has been fairly successful, but we thought we'd change it up this year. Uh, and in partnership with BC Transit and PG Transit, we borrowed a city bus and we had our citizens on patrol on the city bus oh, okay. driving around town. Uh, and we had uh, the Commercial Vehicle Safety Enforcement Unit, our BC Highway Patrol and our PG City Traffic <sighs> Officers following the bus. Okay. So the uh, volunteers on the bus would uh, spot distracted drivers from their vantage point mm-hmm. and call it out to the uh, enforcement officers behind them who would pull them over and uh, either issue a ticket or, or a warning, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're focusing mostly on tickets, uh, not too many warnings this month because oh. we're really trying to hammer home the message that this uh, these choices are not the safest choices and oh. uh, we want drivers to start uh, taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking with the road conditions we have in Prince George, right now as well. Distracted driving is even more of a problem. If you're driving in July and the road is clear and dry, if it takes you a split second to realize what's happening and hit the brakes, not that much of a problem. Here... A little yeah. bit different. And actually, I did anecdotally have one of our, our city traffic members uh, let me know that he found more distracted drivers, more people using their cell phones uh, during heavy snowfall wow. than... Other times, so <laughs> other times of the winter. So at the when you need to be focusing the most, yeah. more people seem to be using their cell phones. Yeah, uh, and we were trying to talk about why, but maybe to you know let people know at home, don't use the roads. I'm yeah. going to be late, et cetera, et cetera. Not the greatest time to be making those phone calls. No, or if you have to pull over to the side if it's safe. Yes, and make the phone call from there. Yeah, or just accept the fact that you're going to be late. If yeah. it's a heavy snowfall, most of our our supervisors or, or places of work are going to understand that employers are going to be late. Yeah, in Prince George, when it's a heavy snow in one part, it's usually snowing everywhere. So yes. everybody knows, Everybody's okay, there's some snow coming down yeah, here. And we know certain sections of town are going to be bad. Yes. So, you know, I, I understand the, the desire to inform friends and family that uh, it's worse than you thought or the streets haven't been cleared yet yeah. or, or whatever that's going on. But at the same time, we need to make it safe for everybody on the road. Yeah. Um, and if you have a, a plow truck you need to mo- maneuver around or someone gets stuck in front of you all of a sudden, if you're, you know, holding onto your phone or trying to send that text message, then you're not no. going to see that. No. And A, 
visibility is going to be a lot less during snow as well. Definitely. So you're not going to have as much notice in front of you that yeah. something is happening and you're going to need to make an emergency operation. Yeah. yeah. And again, I guess the other thing is during heavy snowfalls, the emergency vehicles are probably going to be out and about a little bit more as well, responding to incidents. That's so, right. Yeah. Know, so you're driving and all of a sudden this flashing red light goes by and you're going, oh, I didn't even see them. Yeah, we definitely. <laughs> it's one of those times when we need to be paying the most attention yes. to the road around us because it's the hardest for yeah. us to maneuver and react. Yeah. Or best suggestion yet, if you don't have to go out and weather like that, don't. Don't go at all. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. It was just something anecdotally that I thought was yeah, an interesting no. observation from our yeah. from our traffic unit. And you think about it to some extent, as you were saying, it almost makes sense because they want to inform other yeah. people what the situation is. Yeah. But yeah, that's not the right way not to do it. Not the time. Nope. No. So now, obviously, distracted driving campaign to some extent is year round. But how long does the campaign run that you're on right now? Basically until the end of the month? This campaign will run to the end of the month. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will have extra kind of uh, enforcement opportunities where we um, create our partnerships with uh, different enforcement right. units and uh, target specifically distracted driving mm -hmm. more so than we would on a, a, any other given month. Yeah. So now I'm guessing... You're saying city bus is what you're using right now. I'm guessing it doesn't go over the same road every day like a city bus would. It probably varies. Well, I don't want to give away no. all our secrets, but okay. uh, it is it is the the city was kind to um, uh, provide us with a bus and a bus driver yes. that were not on a route, so we were not okay. disrupting anybody's day no. or routine yeah. by uh, varying their bus route. Yeah. So if you're standing at a bus stop in Prince George in, in the rest of March and a bus goes by and doesn't even slow down for you. It's not the bus driver <laughs> yeah, is ignoring you. it's not the bus you. driver. Don't call 311 to let them know about the bus driver. We yeah. may just be on it using it for a different purpose. Yeah. So obviously only a few days in. How has it been? Like, are they catching, are they catching people fairly regularly or... I don't have any statistics. No, They're yet. kind of keeping them secret from me mm -hmm. until they can build them up. We'll do a release at the end of the month yeah. to let everybody know uh, just what we found. But definitely um, it has been uh, successful from what they've said so far. Um, it's, and, you know, it's kind of one of those catch-22s again where success from our end means a lot of statistics. Yes. Uh, which is unfortunate because that means we are catching higher numbers of people uh, mm -hmm. using their cell phones and driving with, with uh, too many distractions. Yeah. Now, are there particular times of day that seem to be bad for distracted driving? Uh, during the lunch rush and okay. the going home or going to extracurriculars rush okay. is when we find more people uh, using their cell phones and stuff. Again, almost the same thing as in the snowstorm. Yes. Hi, I had to work a little bit late. I'm going to be about 15 minutes late, but don't start without me. What's your order from Tim Hortons? Yes. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> so if Joe Citizen on the street sees a distracted driver, is there much they can do about it? Because just their word isn't going to mean that much, is it? It can. Okay. Um, you can. If their driving behavior is so erratic that you think that they are um, causing uh, danger or mm -hmm. a dangerous situation, I would encourage you to call 911, report right. the make, model, and license plate, and a description of the driver, because it's very easy for a driver to say, I wasn't driving my car yeah. that day. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. 
But if you just say it's in your neighborhood and you know that three doors down, that person goes to work talking on their cell phone every single morning. Um, We do have our online crime reporting tool, uh, which is on our PGRCMP uh, webpage. Um, And you can go and make an online crime report. And what that does is just... um, it makes a passive report that our officers can use to uh, give them further information if they do encounter that person down the road for a driving infraction. Uh, and then they see that, you know, multiple uh, reports have been made by people in their neighborhood or citizens in Prince George about this driver. Uh, it le- lends more credence to the the distracted driving ticket that they're handing out. Okay. Corporal Jennifer Cooper with the RCMP. Thanks very much for talking to us about distracted driving and what it is and what you guys are doing to curb it. Excellent. Thank you for having me. No problem. Uh, That'll do it for today's show. Kylie Lewis-Holt is in tomorrow after 9. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is Community Radio 93.1 CFISFM. Proudly supported by Prince George businesses like Copar Administration. Prince George five-day forecast for Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today. A 40% chance of flurries. Wind from the north at 20 starting near noon. A high of minus 3 with a wind chill this morning to minus 15. Partly cloudy tonight. A 40% chance of flurries. North winds becoming light this evening. A low of minus 10 with a wind chill to minus 15. For Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud. Wind becoming northeast 20 gusting to 40 in the morning. A high of minus 3 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 9. Thursday and Friday, sunny each day, lows near minus 13, highs near minus 1. A mix of sun and cloud on Saturday, a low of minus 14 and a high of minus 4. And the long-range forecast for Sunday and Monday, cloudy each day with a 60% chance of flurries on Sunday, lows near minus 12, highs near 1. Living in the past and loving it. 93.1 CFIS-FM.